0: Noah Kim, still the starting quarterback for Michigan State ahead of this weekend's game against Iowa. Is that the right decision by Harlan Barnett? Also, what did he have to say about his team's mindset? And then we're going to open up the mailbag where, yeah, we're going to talk about Urban Meyer because why wouldn't we? And a whole lot more. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked on College. That's all one word, Locked on College for $20 off of your first purchase. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan. You ever want to reach out? Locked on Spartans at gmail.com is the best place to find us. And before we dive headfirst into this show, Hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel if you want to smash five stars on whatever podcast platform you're on. That would make my day. Or hey, comment below on YouTube. Go leave us a subscribe. First and foremost, just do whatever makes you happy. All right, let's get into the show here. This is something we did not hit on in the post game recap episode after the Maryland game, and this is the quarterback controversy now. We didn't hit on it because, well, two things. First one. There's a lot more to talk about as far as just disappointment with this coaching staff goes. And number two, wanted to see what Harlan Barnett would have to say at media availability on Monday about this situation because he left the podium Saturday night after the game saying, no, there's no quarterback controversy. No, Um, which is all fun and well, uh, Harlan, except for one problem, there is 100% 100% a quarterback controversy when you pull out your starting quarterback for performance issues with a whole quarter to go left in the game. Uh, don't care how you slice it, how you want to paint it. That comes out as a quarterback controversy every single time. Now, he was asked after the game, is, is there a controversy going on? Was it because of performance? Was it because of health? And he started to answer a look, but stopped right there, a lo- And that makes me think he was going to say a little bit of both. Maybe Noah Kim, because he also took a big shot against Washington the week prior, and also maybe took a few shots that we didn't see on camera or maybe that we kind of underrated against Maryland. But still, I do wonder if there is a health aspect to this as well. Regardless, he was asked about this on Monday, and he said that Noah Kim is still going to be the guy. This is after Kim went 18 of 32 with one touchdown and those two interceptions against Maryland. And then quarterback Caten Hauser the former four-star recruit out of California. You guys know his story. Went 6 of 10, 75 yards, and an interception as well. So what did Barnett have to say on Monday about Noah Kim? He said, quote, you see the glaring things, the interceptions, but he put some balls on the money where guys have to make those plays, pointing to those drops that they had. And also there was at least one route that we saw where the tight end just, you know, kind of stopped running his route because, I don't know, sometimes you get tired out there and you don't want to finish your post route. Anyway, let's move forward. Uh, Barnett also went on to say, and I like the nice run. I like him running a little bit personally. That's just me. We're going to see if that can help. Alluding to that, you know, they might want to see Noah Kim run the ball some more. In the offseason, they said he's one of the 10 fastest players on this team. And they're going to use his legs maybe a little more here in the future, which I'll make this a, a quick discussion point. Interesting because Noah Kim, he's got some good things going for him. His physical build and frame isn't one of those things. So I don't know if I like the idea of just sending him out to the Wolves against Iowa to get popped. But anyway, we got bigger discussions beyond that. Uh, To close this out, Barlin said he's fast so he can help put pressure on the defense running the football as well. All right, so now we're going to just dissect our opinions here. Do we like the fact that Noah Kim is still quarterback one going into this Iowa game? 7.30 under the lights at Kinnick Stadium for another national audience, NBC. And we're all going to agree here. I'm sure this is going to be something that you guys all want to hear. You guys are going to have the biggest smile on your face when I tell you my opinion. And that is that, yeah, I, I like still sticking with Kim here. Now, if you're in the Caden Hauser camp, before you smash a uh, sledgehammer through your laptop screen or your phone or however you're listening to this, hear me out here a little bit, all right? And first, yes, I, I will, I will come to Noah Kim's defense here off the top because I don't think Kim was as bad as it was made out to be on Saturday against Maryland. That first interception was pretty terrible, okay? I got no discussion for that. The second interception, it was a snap he didn't see coming, whether that was his fault or the center's fault. And then, well, the the right tackle got burnt again, and he was met with a terrapin right in his face immediately. instead of turtling for a sack, he just tried to throw a hero ball. So, yes, still his fault, but you can see where things got a little frantic there in that moment. Between those two interceptions... Just like Coach Barnett said, I thought that he put some balls on the money. I don't think that he was the worst quarterback that we've ever seen in the world. But anyway, if you are on Team Kate and Hauser, you don't care about that. You don't want to hear all of that because, yeah, it has been seven quarters of football against Power 5 teams until Michigan State got a Noah Kim touchdown drive. Just saying that sentence is very hard to defend staying with Noah Kim. But here is also – where I'm going to go with this. Just beyond the fact that, you know, I think the offense has more problems than just Noah Kim. Like he had the drops, he had spotty play calling. You had odd personnel issues, especially when they got to the five-yard line to start the game, taking Malik Carr off the field. That didn't help Noah Kim all too much. We're gonna go with this though. Hey, team Cat and Hauser, everyone that's a Kate and Hauser fan out there. How sure are you that you want Hauser's first start to be a road game under the lights? at Kinnick Stadium against Iowa. Now I will start this part of the conversation with saying that Iowa is dead last in sacks. They are dead last in interceptions, which is very odd for an Iowa team. But at the end of the day, you're still going to get that hard nose physical Phil Parker defense that the Hawkeyes bring in year in and year out. So it's going to be a very, very tough atmosphere. Do you want Kim's or sorry, do you want Hauser's first start to be there or Let's say Kim doesn't do all too well. Let's say that it is time to finally move on to the next chapter of quarterback play here in the 2023 season. Do you want a bye week for Katen Hauser? Do you want that first game to be on the road in Piscataway against Rutgers? And I know that a road game isn't ideal for your first start, but there is a massive, massive difference between road game at night, Iowa City, then hmm. At Rutgers, uh, there's a little bit of a difference there, especially with a bye week to prepare after that. And then right after that, it's a home game against Michigan. But look, we're running out of time to find a good spot of breaking in a new quarterback and making that seismic change inside the program. I think if you're going to do it, it's going to be after this Iowa game. So is this Noah Kim's last stand here? If you ask me, I think so personally. But I, again, we'll we'll see because uh, we... We've seen the last few years that this coaching staff has a lot of other different opinions than fans like us, uh, for better or for, well, many times worse. All right, uh, now, Marlon Barnett, he had more to say than just about the quarterback, and uh, after Saturday's game, I was incredibly negative. I'm sorry, I got a little uh, got a little riled up after losing by 22 points in a homecoming game against Maryland. Didn't really want to point at all the positives in life. We We started the show with a little bit of them, but... Let Harlan Barnett be your guiding light if you want more positives out of Saturday's game. He mentioned, again, just like he did after the game on Saturday, that they went from 11 penalties against Washington to just six. All right, they almost cut that number in half. Uh, He did point out the missed opportunities in all three phases of the game, but went on to say, quote, we're close. We're very, very close. The team just keeps moving forward. They were energized at practice so what specifically was close someone in the msu media brass they asked harlan well prove it (laughs) if you're going to talk about you're close in a few ways show us some and he did he pointed out the angelo gross interception mentioning that it was the second game in a row with an interception which i gotta say is, is kind of embarrassing that you have to brag about that but Compared to last year where what you had one or two interceptions all season, it is worth pointing out that, yes, you did get turnovers in back-to-back games. Uh, he mentioned that they were just one block away from a huge kickoff return, and imagine that. Wow, special teams was uh, just one one thing away from something great. Wow, crazy. Uh, Jerron Glover's explosive play, of course, and also the great punting. So Harlan did mention a few of those tidbits right there. Also, and I think for the third time in the last week mentioned that no one on this team has informed him that he that they will be departing the program. Now we talk about why many of you already know this. But for those that are out of the loop, you can play four games in a college season, essentially quit the season, go to the transfer portal and maintain another year of eligibility. So this is a big, big week in the timeline. For All of that. We're going to get into a little more things that Harlan Barnett had to say here, but first need to talk your ears off about game time. That's right. Hopefully you've been using game time all season so far with that forum game homestand at Spartan Stadium, but I got good news for you. Let's say You're bored on the weekend, you have a concert you want to go to, or you're in Metro Detroit and you want to see the Tigers before Miguel Cabrera hangs it up. Hey, game time has got you covered in more ways than just college football. It is the best ticketing app out there. So user-friendly and easy to use. You get a picture of your physical seats when you're looking for tickets. You don't have to imagine, all right, section 17, row 50, what's it going to look like? No, they have it right there on the screen, and it takes one, two taps, to get your tickets, they are sent straight to your phone. So you're not fumbling through your email when you're outside the venue. They are just sent straight to you. Game time cannot make it any easier. So take the guesswork out of buy tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code locked on college for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on college. All one word for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, just a few more quotes I want to clean up here from Harlan Barnett's media availability. Uh, they talked about positives of a road game because finally, five weeks into the season, Michigan State has their first road game, as all of you know. And it was asked if there are any positives to that because let's not kid ourselves. There's some turbulation going on inside the program here. And is it just nice to get away? every once in a while. Can this just be a nice vacation away from East Lansing? And Harlan Barnett said kind of as much that when you're on the road, you get a ton more together time. This is going to be a lot of bonding experience, whether it's the plane, the bus ride, stay at the hotel, because Harlan Barnett said it best. It's a very simple quote together. Oh, sorry. All we got is each other. All we got is each other. So maybe this is going to oddly help in a way, getting away from East Lansing Spartan Stadium. The rumblings of your home fans kind of disgruntled in the stands, which uh, how could you not be (laughs) if you were at Spartan Stadium the last two weeks? I would certainly uh, expect people to kind of complain and moan a little bit. But uh, uh, Barnett also, too, uh, just about this upcoming game. As many of us remember, Cade McNamara, the old Michigan quarterback, uh, he is at Iowa now. And he was asked right off the top of this press conference if, you know, you could take things the from the game two years ago against Cade to this upcoming game. And Barnett said, no, not really. It's kind of a completely different offense. And, well, that, yeah, because Michigan actually ran an offense two years ago in Iowa to be determined if they want to try to score multiple touchdowns this week. We will find out. All right, let's jump headfirst into the mailbag here. locked onspartans at gmail.com, where some people ask questions and other people just use that email just to vent. Uh, They just like to get things off their chest, and I am here for you. I'm reading all your emails. Uh, I try to get back to as many as possible. But, yeah, thank you guys so much. Or if you have a question, Sheehan underscore sports, because I went fishing for some mailbag questions on Monday morning. And as you lovely people do, you guys delivered. Uh, the K-Man, he's going to bat first here because he asked the question, why? Just why? I ask myself that question every single day, K-Man. And uh, Maddie also writes in, when will the sun shine again? Maddie, I got great news for you and the rest of Spartan Nation here, because if you haven't heard... This Monday, September 25th, was Michigan State basketball's first practice. So, yes, Maddie, that is when the sun is going to shine again. Started today, uh, it has been spread to the media. John Rothstein was a guy that tweeted this out, that, hey, Jaden Aikens bulked up 10 more pounds. And then Matty Sissoko also added 20 pounds in the offseason as well. I did not know that he needed to gain more muscle, but sure, we'll take it. Why not? Um, also, Jaden Aikens, slight ankle sprain, but again, we're focused on the positives here. Just act like I never even said that and go on throughout the rest of your day. Also, Coach Tom Izzo said that Jeremy Fierce has, quote, Mateen-like leadership skills. So, yes, the sun. The sun's coming out. That's right. That, that, that's, that's how good football season's going right now is that. We are fired up about MSU basketball, just simply practicing right now. So uh, we'll maybe get more into basketball here, depending on how Saturday goes. All right, World of Isaac, he writes in a question. I'm very serious here. Why is Jay Johnson still calling plays? He won't be here next year. He has no future at MSU. Let someone else get some reps. Given our offensive ineptitude, it can't hurt. Now, someone else on Twitter mentioned, uh, how about we just raffle off play calling duties to whoever shows up to Spartan Stadium? And I'm for that. Uh, surely you can generate more than a single touchdown over the span of two games. I'm sorry, two touchdowns. I don't want to discount Caden Hauser's 99 yard drive against Washington's backups or third string, whoever that was. So we'll call it two touchdowns in two games. I don't see how it can get worse from drunk people in the stands. I mean, surely we can do a little better than that. But. Why is Jay Johnson still calling plays? I think the answer simply just falls on who would, who, who, unfortunately, who, who else would Uh, Jay Johnson, offensive coordinator. He's a quarterback's coach. You could, I guess, switch things to the run game coordinator. That is coach Kapilovic, who also heads up the offensive line, but, I don't know how that's going to get much better. And also, I guess Courtney Hawkins, the receivers coach, or Ephraim Reed, the running backs coach, can give it a shot. But here is one thing that we will say that we will go to bat for with Jay Johnson. We talked about this a little before uh, the game here against Maryland with Chase Glass or Spartans Illustrated. But I almost have sympathy for Jay Johnson because... It's it's not like they're getting a lot established in the run game now. Last Saturday did go a little better than the Washington game, but man, they are behind schedule many times. So, yeah, I'm not sold on Jay Johnson. I'm I'm beyond ready to see him go once the month of November ends. But man, it it's it's tough sledding no matter what because the whether it's the personnel, the executioner, the play calling, you're just behind schedule so often during these games. So yeah, that that's why Jay Johnson because like who. Who else would? All right, enough about him. Let, let's, let's talk about a fun name here, Urban Meyer, because a few of you guys wrote questions about Urban Meyer, but Jeffrey wrote the question that we are going to base this off of. Which way, MSU? Do we go full heel and pick up someone like Urban with a full-on nihilistic attitude towards winning and remain a cult of personality? Or, or do we go back to the Antonio style? Less flash, but better at building talent with a head coach that knows it's not all about him Now, Urban Meyer, look, whether people are serious about this, I think there's a contingent of people that are serious about Urban Meyer to MSU or people that just like doing a bit. Regardless, this has been a hot point of conversation here the last few days here in East Lansing. Urban Meyer to MSU. Got to give him a call. Got to make him say no. He's a great coach, great recruiter, hates Michigan, can win in a Big Ten. And, like, I am kind of (laughs) – some people are going to hate me saying this. I am unironically, like – In on Urban Meyer. I think I absolutely would kick the tires on Urban Meyer. Now, it's not lost with me how much baggage there is with Urban Meyer. It is not lost with me, you know, that it has been a few years since Urban Meyer has coached college football and he doesn't really have any experience in the NIL game. At least he's not supposed to. I don't know what happens at Ohio State, but he's not supposed to have NIL experience. And then transfer portal experience, not a whole lot of that either. I get all those things. Um, However, I also do get that this man wins and also Michigan State is never going to get the approval of local and national media anyway. I mean, even if they do things squeaky clean, even if they do things the right way kind of like Mark Antonio did by and large in his whole career, they're still going to get buried because, well, the headlines like the free press headline in 2018 of MSU football, uh shat, or d- just deep in the shadows of sexual assault. And then they write a whole article that essentially was, Hey, Mark, that here are four cases that Mark Antonio either did the thing he had to do on or didn't know. But anyway, regardless, you're never going to get the approval of the media, especially in Metro Detroit and nationally so if we're not going to get the approval here if we're going to be in the headlines whether it's something that Michigan State has deserved like this whole Mel Tucker saga or some things that have happened before that or if it's kind of fabricated just because it is in vogue to rip on MSU if we're going to endure all that let's at least win some football okay and Urban Meyer is probably the top guy that can do that if he is just ready to get off of that desk at Fox Sports if he is ready to come here and win 10 games a season here in East Lansing no I Maybe my moral compass is a little lost. Maybe you guys are much better people than I am, but I'm ready to start winning again. All right, within reason. I, I don't need the scandals of, you know, him kicking players or anything. Hopefully you can tighten that up. But yeah, um, I'm I'm down for winning. Now, with that said, what will Michigan State actually do? They probably will go this Antonio route that you are talking about here, Jeffrey. Uh, less flash, better at building talent with a head coach that knows it's not about him. And that's really some coaches that are at the top of the board right here. Mike Elko. He doesn't have a roster laden with four-star talent, but yet he's one of the better teams in the ACC. He was the better team than Clemson to start the season. Jonathan Smith over at Oregon State. You think they're getting top flight recruits out there? Absolutely, positively not. Or uh, Dickert over at Washington State. I mean, these are all coaches that are having really good seasons, or if Dickert's case, just like a really solid season this year. The blueprint of building a program with lesser talent, which right now, like Michigan State is going to be saddled with here in the near future, because who knows who's going to leave the portal and everything like that. But also, you got to look around too. like Michigan is doing really good at recruiting Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State. So, yeah, it's going to be a long battle up. Thank you, Mel Tucker. Thank you. Well, also Mark Antonio. no disrespect, but yeah, it's still going to be a tough battle to get top flight talent. So might as well get a coach in here that, well, can out scheme other coaches. So that is probably how this is all going to end. Folks, we got a lot more mailbag questions to get to, including one other name that I did not just mention that could be at the top of a coaching list right here. But first you need to talk your ears off about DoorDash. That is right. Hey, you've trusted DoorDash to deliver your food from restaurants many a times. And let's say that this Saturday, You're sitting down, it's 725 right before kickoff, Michigan State versus Iowa, and oh my God, you went through all your salsa, you went through all your mozzarella sticks, you need another two liter of Mountain Dew, you just need something from the grocery store, but you do not want to miss kickoff. Well, DoorDash grocery delivery service will stock you up for kickoff. Stay on the couch, enjoy the game. Well, it's still competitive at least. Enjoy the game and just let DoorDash come to you just like they have with your food. Make their grocery service part of your game day regimen. You will get exactly what you ordered or they will make it right. So sit back and enjoy the quality groceries just like you picked them out yourselves. And if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Get 50% off on your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code locked on college all one word locked on college at checkout limited time offer terms apply again that's 50% off a $20 no minimal su- a subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter promo code locked on college again that's code locked on college for 50% off your first order with DoorDash And let's plunge back into the mailbag here because Nick writes in a head coaching candidate that I'm starting to love more and more as the days go on here. He writes in, hey, Matt, I was wondering what your thoughts are on the possibility of MSU going for Charles Huff in their coaching search. He seems like a very good coach and recruiter. I think he's a dark horse candidate for sure. Now, I will start by saying, Nick, I don't even think he's a dark horse candidate. I I think he's squarely at the top of the list here. Um, sorry, just got distracted. There's a giant spider right by me. Holy smokes. Anyway, all right, keep chopping. Let's go. Um, no, I don't think he's a dark horse candidate. Um, I think he's squarely on the Mount Rushmore of top four candidates here. And if you don't know who Charles Huff is, Marshall head coach, he did spend some time at Alabama, spent some time at Penn State as well. Strong recruiter for both of those schools. And well, also a strong coach as well. If you remember last year. The Thundering Herd beat Notre Dame in South Bend. Not too long ago, just a few days ago, Marshall just got their second consecutive year with a Power 5 win as they beat Virginia Tech. Now, I understand Virginia Tech is not necessarily Georgia, all right, or Oregon, uh, but a a Power 5 team is going to have better players than a Group of 5 team more times than not. So Charles Huff, yes, he did show that he can recruit at places like Alabama, places like Penn State, but he can also recruit coach as well which god we could use some of that up here in east lansing um now there is one thing that i am just a little concerned about maybe i'm getting a little picky here with guys on the list but unlike elko unlike jonathan smith unlike dicker over at washington state charles huff has has not rebuilt Marshall necessarily like he inherited a decent situation at Marshall. They were always like the seven, eight ish wins when he got in there. This is not like going to Duke and the chips are stacked against you and you're still thriving, or like Oregon State where you have no reason to have a top 25 program, but still. He hasn't crashed the car, and he has made them a little better. So I'm I'm personally sold on Charles Huff if he was to be hired as Michigan State's head coach. So, yes, uh, not as a dark horse, but as a legitimate candidate in my opinion. Now, T-Rex writes in, Will they announce a new head coach midseason? I'm giving it 50-50. I'd like to see them announce a new head coach ASAP, but I understand this is challenging and maybe not the best strategy. I don't understand why they can't make line coach changes right now. I don't think it'll be anything in the middle of the season, just because as much as Michigan state would want to, because I'm sure that they are ready to turn the page. I'm not sure how many head coaches around the country would be ready to leave their situation. Let's say in the dead of October and just come up here to East Lansing. Like I don't think Jonathan Smith, for example, we'll use his name again, is going to, or Dickert as well, because Washington state, Oregon state, these are two programs in similar situations where they're being left in the dust with conference realignment while also having a really good season so far this year. I don't think a head coach is going to leave in the midst of a successful year in times of trouble, especially with their programs or Mike Elko, even if it's a place like Duke where there is no real conference realignment stories. I just don't see a head coach leaving their team halfway through the season to go coach elsewhere. Now a coordinator could be a little different Perhaps, like, let's let's just throw Brian Hartline out there, offensive coordinator at Ohio State, for example, for sake of conversation here. Maybe you can announce something like that in the middle of October, like, hey, he's the MSU coach in waiting. But, God, I, I just think that'd be so weird. I, I don't know. So if there is going to be a coaching change made in the season, I think it would be, like, the week of conference championship season at the earliest, and that's if the coach isn't even in the game. I don't think they'd want that distraction. Like, for example, let's say the Oregon State Beavers are going to the Pac-12 title game. I Only Jonathan Smith would be thrilled at the distraction of, hey, I'm going to coach this team for a big program-changing championship. However, I'm splitting immediately after. I don't think that's going to happen. So, unfortunately, unfortunately guys, I, I think we are just going to have to be really patient here. Something I hate doing, being really patient, especially about Michigan State football. But, yeah, that's that's how I see things shaking out here. Logan writes in, which former MSU players would you take for the next head coach? I don't have any former MSU players for head coach. However, I do have a name, not for an assistant coach, but someone in the program. Former walk-on fullback Nico Palazzetti. He played at Michigan State in the mid-2010s. He is currently the director of football sports performance at Cincinnati, and that is after six seasons at Ohio State in their strength and conditioning program as well. I'm sick of the injuries. And is it just, you know, the, the dumb man's thing to do, just point at strength and conditioning whenever injuries keep racking up like they do every single year in East Lansing? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But, like, also, too, let's just talk about performance as well because, I'm also done seeing the offensive line getting pushed around as much as they are as well. I could use a little shakeup in the strength and conditioning or the director of football sports performance, whatever title you want to give him. I would bring Nico Palazzetti back up six year stint at Ohio state. Just like I said, that's a championship program. You know what it takes to win down there. He is the head of everything down at Cincinnati right now. I would bring him back home to Michigan state. The guys from Metro Detroit. I remember seeing him playing the state title game against Stevenson and this guy was a bull of a running back. So yeah, I would just love to bring him back up. So I'm sorry. I couldn't deliver you a head coach, but I, Nico Palzetti. that's right. This is what we talk about here at minute number 27 of Lockdown Spartans. We talk strength and conditioning coaches here. Larry writes in, there is no coach that I would like to see take over the program more than Ken Niamatilolo. I'm so sorry. I don't know how to say his name, but he's the former Navy head coach. He was there for about 15 years. And as Larry writes in, uh, he was let go at Navy. Not there anymore, but he is currently the director of leadership at UCLA. Larry keeps writing. I think bringing in someone like him would be an immediate culture correction for the football program. He not only had strong program, but was able to bring in young men to not only play football, but to start a career as officers in the U.S. Navy Postgraduate. I would not mind Ken in the program. I just have no interest in it being like a head coaching role or offensive coordinator role. I don't. I, I enjoy military football. I enjoy the triple option. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it with the military programs, though. I don't need it here in East Lansing, and they kind of have to run the triple option just out of necessity for the body recommendations that many of these military academies have. So that, that, that's why they were kind of saddled there. Now, however, I would absolutely love a culture change here at Michigan State. I, I would be very open to you know a director of leadership like he is at UCLA, but it might be a little hard to pry him away from there. I think he is a West coast guy. He was born in Hawaii. I think that's much closer to home than sunny East Lansing. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I am not, I'm not going to dismiss it for a director of leadership thing. I'm just, I, I don't think the head coach thing is, is going to happen. And he's also 58 years old too. I would like someone a little younger than that, but yeah, so that, that's where I net out on, um, 10. Sorry, I'm already reading ahead here. Uh, we do have a few more questions that we did not get to. However, it is the end of the show here. So we're going to end at Fofo's question. We're going to try to get to all your other questions here at future episodes of Locked on Spartans. Fofo writes in, what's your favorite brand of bleach to drink during MSU games? It's not bleach. I actually just like to deep fry a bunch of Tide Pods and uh, put them in a bowl. Drizzle them with toilet bowl cleaner and then I eat those. Uh that that's what's going to be on the menu this Saturday. No, I'm kidding. It'll go great this Saturday. Uh vibes are up. <sighs> vibes are high. All right. Keep chopping. Go green. We will be back tomorrow, game. We're gonna have uh, Connor Mold Downey back on the show here, then Chase Glasser, and then we're gonna end the week with the crossover episode with the fine folks at Locked On Hawkeyes. But until then, hey, take it easy. Take care of yourself. Love you all. Go green.